Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Welcome to Mitchell Levy Presents AHA Moments. Mitchell is a thought leader, entrepreneur, and TEDx speaker who helps you think big and lead an authentic life. Each week, Mitchell gives leaders the inspiration they need to make a greater impact and share their genius with the world. Now, here's Mitchell Levy. Hi, Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert. And uh, this is episode 30 of Mitchell Levy Presents AHA Moments. And I did a show, this is particularly from uh, Thought Leader Life, did a series of shows with Natalie Forrest, and we did it on passion and, and pursuing your passion and doing what, how you could be really good at what you do is if you're doing the right, doing the right stuff and you just love what you do. And we have Montressor Washington who joined us for this particular episode. And I love the different, the variation of topics we, we cover and, and stuff from who are you and how do you present yourself to even in today's world, how much social media is too much? Um, should you be sharing lots or little? Um, how do you share your personal life? There's just a lot of interesting components here. So anyhow, finding your true passion, finding your true purpose, doing what you need to do in life. Uh, we did a great job with a series of, of episodes uh, with Natalie Forrest that produced actually a book that you could also see online uh, in terms of pursuing your passion. And I like this particular episode. So please uh, share your comments and subscribe to the button and join us on Mitchell Levy Presents. Thanks. Bye now. Hi, Mitchell Levy, the AHA Guide, AHA That. And thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm excited about using this platform to stream live on Facebook. I'm incredibly excited about the potential and what we're achieving with uh, what we're actually achieving with having Natalie here with an amazing plethora of guests. We came up with an idea to keep this going. So stay tuned. So I have Natalie Forrest, the amazing person. You've seen her, you've heard her. She has great people and she is America's leading expert on personal performance. Hi, how are you performing today? <laughs> Perfect. And, uh, and we've got Montressa, uh-oh, oh, Washington. God, I got the wrong name. I, in my name, my, so Montressa Washington, and you are the knowledge broker at Ask Montressa. Love that title. Thank you. So we're talking about achieving your potential. And when we were doing the preliminary, you, you said you do this all the time with a bunch of uh, students that you work with who are asking for questions and trying to get to the next step, not just in their work life, but in life. What is, what is that achieving your potential? What does that mean to you? Mm. Achieving um, potential to me, it means being able to talk to people, interact with people, to get comfortable in following your dreams, to get comfortable for asking what you want, and then being brave enough to step up and do it. Wow, that was beautiful. <laughs> That's, yeah. yeah. I, got, I got to ask a follow-up question, though. Don't we normally say, as long as you're comfortable, you're not really evolving? Mm -hmm. So how much of the potential plays into that if you're comfortable? Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? It's interesting you say that, Natalie, because a lot of the young people uh, in particular that I deal with, they aren't even 
brave enough to step up in their own comfortability. And they keep hiding behind self-doubt and they don't even get to the point of being comfortable. And so I even try to push them past being comfortable and just say, get out there and do it. And really what comes to mind to me is this whole underlying fear that people have. Like if I do something and it doesn't work, or if I do something and it's wrong, what is going to happen to me? So I'm constantly trying to provide a foundation for them to experiment. Just try it. If it doesn't work out, we retweak it and we'll start over and do it better. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was interesting as you were thinking. I, so, so, by the way, I can't agree with you more. Yeah. And I'm thinking about today's generation now. Is potentially some of the issues they have is, you know, you, you don't want to be at a bar drinking silly and drinking too much and having that recorded on social media because mm-hmm. that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, reaching, do, trying something like uh, there was a, somebody I just talked to at senior level at a university who was debating whether or not they should actually post a post on their LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, yeah, please don't wait. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just, just mm-hmm. go. I'll like it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, and he did. And he thanked me for just giving him the encouragement to do that. And so I think maybe some of the generation today, they're having a hard time separating don't show yourself on social, mm-hmm. although you, you do need to show yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting. Yeah. Laundry. <laughs> yes. Mm. But I, but, I, but I couldn't agree with you more also on the level that, that you mentioned, you know, um, uh, you know when, when I dealt with students um, as a history teacher, it was the same way, you know, people think you teach history, but it really was about go out there, create your own patterns, create your own dreams and follow them. Um, and the self-doubt, uh, I think we talked about a little bit with Mali and, and Scott as well, the self-doubt to me often is socially inspired yes so you know it's like well nobody in my family ever went so how could I have the potential to succeed or I come from this neighborhood therefore nobody will believe me how do you deal with that self-doubt in the environment because you serve in two environments in the Mm -hmm. environment of, of the university or in the situation where you work with corporations and they have to institute a change that might be mind-blowing to some of their workers and employees. Yes. You know, there are a couple of things that come, in my, come to mind. And the first thing that really resonates to me is this whole idea of setting up support systems mm-hmm. and surrounding yourself with people who will give you the encouragement and the support and the motivation that you need to try something. And I even find myself saying to students, and I coach a lot of young professionals, I say to them, if I need to be the person that calls you every morning to tell you that you are smart, you are talented, and you can do it, I will be that person. And I feel that what some of them need is just somebody to tell them that, because we have set up systems, be it education systems, be it sporting systems, where it seems like the only option is if it's not number one if i don't get an a then therefore i have not been successful and what they don't have is this is this understanding and a lot is just because you need time to do it is that because you have an experience and experience 
that didn't go the way that you thought it should does not have to fundamentally set the course of your life. You can change. You can change your mind. You grow. You, get, you, you learn more. You want to do different things. And it's okay. Yeah. I love because that. You're awesome. <laughs> I, 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 like, we, we didn't plan this, but I'm thinking about the, the latest book that I wrote about Be You, you know, revolutionizing your performance, where I talk exactly about that. It's yeah. the fact that if you give your best, stop yeah. comparing yourself to others. Um, and and um, even yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yourself. That's right. what you're and saying. And I'm going yeah. to go professor on you because mm -hmm. what you just said reminds me of, of uh, Booker T. Washington. You know, and, and I'm going to, of course, mess up his quote, but it's not where you end up. It's where you come from that matters. Yeah. And, and I think that is so crucial. You know, I, yeah. I used to say that all the time. I have it hanging here in my office, actually. Mm -hmm. so, um, so, so going back to the idea of that support system, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What then, you volunteered, I can be the person to call you every morning. So, you know, if you've got 300 students, 400 students, you've got five corporate clients, that's a lot of calls in the morning. Um, <laughs> how would you, how would you, you know help them create that, that support system outside of you? What are your yes. tips for everybody yes. to create that support system? Well, you know what? I'm going to answer that in two ways. You got me excited about something. So, you know what? I would love to have the problem of 800 people wanting me to call them. But you know what? <laughs> Very few people ever take me up on that offer. Mm -hmm. Very few people ever take me up on that offer. Very mm. few people actually embrace the support that's right in front of them. Yes. Right? But ideally, you know, if I did have those many people who were looking for some kind of guidance, of course, I couldn't do 800 of them. Uh, but the first thing that I usually tell people is that you have to develop some kind of, and I'm going to use the word, spiritual or grounding practice. However mm -hmm. you want to do that, there you have to find some way each morning, each evening, to ground yourself into some type of reflective and meditation, meditative you know, thoughts and process. So mm -hmm. you, for yourself, decide what it is you know, I need to focus on, I need to be grateful for, I need to be mindful of. And I feel that when you operate, you know, from a point of that, you know, strong foundation, people will come in your life and support you. And so I tell them to be open to who that person may be or what that support may look like. And it may not be your professor or your manager. It may be the receptionist that greets you every morning and makes you feel like you belong. Right. So I think it's about being mindful enough, being intuitive enough, being open enough to understand that your support and your messages can come from anywhere. But so, Montressa, you know what I'd love to see when we could do it. We could do it now as, as mm -hmm. part of this. And I'll do a clip from you or we could do it yes. at a point in time. We could stand in front of a camera. I want you to spend 30 seconds telling telling me how important I am, not me personally, but you know, mm -hmm. telling the person on the other side how important they are, how valued they are, what contribution they could give to the world. And you know, you could actually be at 800 or 800,000 yes. by basically having somebody play that 30 second clip. So yeah. if you want to do it now, 
Please do. Otherwise, we'll, we'll record it later. Yes. I love that. Let's do that. That would be an excellent way for me to get in their hearts and minds every day, right? Just create that beautiful message that they just click on and play. I'm going to take you up on that. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Yes. Because I'll listen to it. I'll take you up. Yes. I'll be happy to take you up on that offer. Yes. So, so what happens then? Uh, I don't know. You probably have seen the video. Uh, it's like all over social media. I don't know, every six months about the little girl, probably four years of age, jumping on. Um, I think she's in, in the bathroom, jumping up there, dancing in front of the mirror, going, "I'm great! I'm great! I'm perfect! I'm perfect! I this is gonna be a great day." That is what you're talking about about embracing yourself. So, what happened? That that potential that we see when we're four <laughs> years old, all of a sudden, when they when when you meet them, when we meet them, is like. Let's get there. What what happened and how can we, other than with a 30-second video or Louise Hay saying, you know, I love you to yourself and really embracing that, what else yes. can we do? Because I know you're a collaborator. Yes, absolutely. And so you're right. In terms of collaboration, that's what I talk to people about. It's, it's interesting. So I may have students or junior consultants or young professionals come to me and they may say, um, I want to get promoted or... Um, I want to, you know, get a job with this corporation. And then I ask them questions like, you know, I hear you saying these things, but tell me, what do you really want? Or what do you really like? Mm-hmm. And many people have said to me, well, no one has ever asked me that question. I, it sounds no so simple, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds so simple. And I think what happens is, the, is, is many people get on autopilot. Mm-hmm. and go through life thinking that they should behave this way because of the influence. My family, the media, the school, um, you know, my grandparents, whomever, and they allow other people to dream for them. And I always tell whoever I come in contact with that nobody else can dream as big as you can for yourself. So be very careful about giving that power away to someone else. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, so in terms of collaboration, I think it should be a team. It's whoever can come into your circle and support you. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Natalie, one of the things that happens is we, we still live in the world of the industrial society and the educational system that's a outcome of the industrial age economy has taught us by the time we graduated high school, 2,600 times that there is one and only one answer. And if we get it wrong, we are no longer, we don't get that A and we move. And so we're beaten down. We have all this potential when we start life. And then that first time, and I can, I hear it. My son's a sophomore in, in college and I hear it when he goes, ah, oh, man, I just didn't test well. And I'm like, and I, you don't want to say it's not important because it, it's important because that's the constraint in which the world lives by today. On the other hand, you know, it's, it's not the thing that's going to tell you whether or not you truly live your potential and, right. and you get beaten down so much. Yes. You say something like, I want to get promoted, even though when they say, well, why do you want to be promoted? And they don't, I, I don't know. Because <laughs> mom said, or dad said, or my teacher yes. said, or my friend yes. said, and, you know, yeah, fascinating. Yes. 
Yes. And I think that's what we also talked about before and what one of my peeve projects is. It's the difference between existing and living. And I think that's what you just really talked about, Montress. I was like, no one can dream as big as you are. So why do you let somebody else tell you that you should be an architect if you don't like architecture or all of those things, you know, and it's just, just because you're good at it. Mm -hmm. So if I'm good, which I'm not, <laughs> in accounting, okay, mm -hmm. should I be doing it just because I'm good at it? What would you tell somebody who has heard so often, sh you should do A, mm -hmm. because you're so good at it. Your skill level mm -hmm. is there. Mm -hmm. Is that their potential? Mm -hmm. Is that where they need to go? I, right. I would say, you know, give thanks, you know, for having, coming, you know, to the planet and having that gift. But I encourage young people i say young people but you know i really need to be mindful and let you know that not everybody i coach and mentor you know is a junior professional many people struggle with throughout their entire career because they never step up and give themselves permission to change their mind mm -hmm. to follow their heart to stop seeking validation mm -hmm. from people who are just as confused and scared as they are and I tell them that I was like, you know, keep in mind that most people are still just operating from a point of fear. And your mm -hmm. mom probably told you to be an accountant because maybe somewhere she read accountants make a lot of money and there's always a job for an accountant, which is probably true. You know, but if that's not what you want to do, it doesn't matter. I mean, real time, I was meeting with a young lady who was in the physician assistance program and she hated it. And I said, mm -hmm. why are you doing it? Because my mom told me that physician's assistants make a lot of money and there's a lot of job opportunities. I said, but you hate it. She said, yes. I said, well, what do you want to do? She said, I want to study business because I want to have my own business. I want to, you know, just have all these beautiful dreams. And, and her face just lit up. And you could just see it physically that she knew what she wanted to do, but was too afraid because of wanting validation, because of wanting to be accepted and not wanting to go against the norm. Wow. So, so yeah. yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Yes, <laughs> it is. It is. Now, how, how does that apply? So with young people, you know, younger people or people who may have been outside the workforce wanting to come back and, and looking for that security or for that fear. Mm -hmm. How about you work with corporations, change management, team management, different situations. Mm -hmm. Do you come across the same things there or do they have a little different facet there? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So on the surface, it looks different. Mm -hmm. So on the surface, the change usually in a corporation is a result of something, some new technology that's being implemented, some legislation that has come about that we have to change our business process, mm -hmm. some type of environmental or social change that is making us think differently. But when you start peeling back the onion, what really is at the core of what people struggle with is not having the courage, you know, to, to do what they say they always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And when I, and with people who have already been established and they are working, they have a lot of fears around, how can I change what I do now? You know, I make a good living or how am I going to pay my bills and support my family? And because they can't see that, it is very difficult for them to, you know, kind of like step out there and do something different. So I'm, I, I do believe in supporting people in baby steps and I may give them a challenge and say, well, you know what, how about just ask 
for an, a temporary assignment in a different department? Mm -hmm. Or how about asking if you could shadow somebody who does what you want to do, but maybe you could shadow them for a few days you know, out of the month? Or what about just setting up an informational interview with someone who is an astronaut and you've always wanted to be an astronaut, right? But again, one of the com some of the common themes, again, is this whole idea of experimentation, this whole idea of speaking up and, and letting your concerns known, this idea of taking a chance and talking to someone and speaking what it is you want. And that pretty much is consistent among each category of people. Mm -hmm. Yes. So are we, as a human society, forgetting schooling, are we afraid to ask for what we want because we're afraid that someone will say no? I think so. Wow. I think so. So I I'll go so. back to the Bob Newhart thing and say, stop it. <laughs> yes. 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 And, and that's another thing, you know, coaching people this whole, through this whole concept of no. And it's like, well, how did it happen that we got to a point to believe that because someone says no, that that means you can't have what you want. And I always tell people, I mean, it could just mean you're just not going to get it from that person. Mm -hmm. Or it just may mean you're not going to get it on Monday. But it doesn't mean you can't get it on Wednesday. It doesn't mean that you can't get it next week. And that no, in so many ways, can be situational or very temporary. But then also, I, I say this, and this is a harder concept to get, that sometimes no just means not right now. And it also means it could be some of the, one of the best things that has ever happened to you. Mm -hmm. And again, I go back to dreaming and dreaming big. So sometimes you're told no, because what you're supposed to do is way bigger than what you can see at this very moment. So no, you're not gonna have this particular job because in three weeks, you're going to get offered a job that you couldn't even imagine, right? And we just think about, you know, we had a conversation earlier about social media. Just think about all the jobs and, and professions and, and deliverables and products that have been built around social media. Well, 20 years ago, what parent was telling their child, you know what, you might want to think about social media marketing. You'd be great at that. It didn't exist. Right. True. Right? <laughs> Yeah. So then. I was trying to think about, so 20 years ago, I might've been talking to my son about that <laughs> about maybe 15 years ago when he was three, I probably, <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm unique. So that's a different thing, but no, no, I'm, I'm so you are. <laughs> well, social media first came on the scene. Many thought it was a fad. Mm -hmm. Many couldn't see how you would use it in business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then even today, some of the social media platforms have not been successful. And yes. they're also, at times, actually impeding our potential because we're so focused on looking at what others post on yes. social media and comparing, right? Mm -hmm. um, yes. But everything that you just said before about, you know, the fear and the not being willing to ask, mm -hmm. is it... How do, do you see, let me rephrase that, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, okay. do, do you see a connection to the unwillingness to be vulnerable or 
a certain level of self-confidence in people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. I do believe that the whole, you know, there's been a lot of work lately um, around the whole concept of vulnerability and creating an environment or at least a movement for people to feel more comfortable in that space, which I commend. And I think it's wonderful because being vulnerable shows a sense of maturity, right? And a sense of awareness and reflection. I think we have a ways to go for people to really embrace it and believe that it can be true for them. I think we are in a space where people believe it's okay for other people to be vulnerable, but I don't know if I can for well, whatever. Right? I, I'll have to be, I'll have to be, let me come frank. Sometimes the best thing about saying, I don't know, or I don't have time, or I haven't spent mm -hmm. energy, or I just, mm -hmm. I'm not doing this, are the gifts that will then come your way. Absolutely. Right. So, my trustee, you and I, the three of us, we were talking ahead of time, and, and mm -hmm. you, we were talking about strategies and focus, and where do you spend your energy on websites and social? And, yes. and as a result of that, you got the two of us to say, we'll help you. Yes. Right? Just by saying, oh, maybe yeah. I go here, maybe I go there. And we're like, and we're like, well, let's not jump to the conclusion yet, because mm -hmm. let's figure out the same thing. What is it you really want? How do you want to yes. present yourself? Who, yes. what's the best foot forward, but you, by saying that and being you and being authentic and allowing your vulnerability to come out, we naturally said, how can we help? Yes. And now it's your job. And by the way, here's, well, I'll turn the shoe. We made the offer. Now you do need to make sure that you, you deliver, you, you, you ask us for the help and you, yes. right. So that's the one thing that people don't think about a lot. And that is, yes. Many times people will make an offer to help. Mm -hmm. And then what happens if you received those words, mm -hmm. it, it is your job <laughs> to say, okay, I'm ready. Right. Or what can I do in order to prepare you to be helpful yeah. and to continue that follow through. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. as a, a, you know, the thing is you got a gift now make sure you open the package. You look inside, yeah. you thank them for it. You, yeah. you know, Yes, absolutely. So I just think I had an aha moment. All right. Beautiful. <laughs> it, what I just got out of that was that being vulnerable actually allows you to achieve your potential. Yes. Mm. Yes. Because people are going to show up and help you. Mm-hmm. 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 Because like people know that you need something. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think in the general spirit of, you know, just our humanness, if we have something to offer or give to people, we like to do it. Mm -hmm. And it could be, we were talking about knowledge brokering it. It could be just giving them some information. It could be just giving them two or three sentences mm -hmm. of some motivation or inspiration or a different way of thinking about something that just would have never happened. Because without being in a point of being vulnerable, I don't know that you even have these concerns, issues, questions. I just don't know. I think what happens though is people who call themselves thought leader or expert, 
don't want to necessarily admit that there's, at least in the past, this is not true today. They don't want to admit that they don't know everything. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And I think that's part of our, what we, if you go to your doctor and, and, and you say, Hey, Hey doc, I'm having a problem with my tooth. I think I have a cavity. Well, it's not the doctor's thing. He should say, unless he has knowledge, I'm not really sure, but the dentist seems like the right place to talk to right and it's okay for that person to say that right mm-hmm. yes yes i think that's partially what what uh, montressa was also referring to earlier and and what i've run into and i know you too is people have a real um it's probably because of of competition or something that people don't like to say i don't know mm-hmm. and, and it's something that i've never had a problem with because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm being honest, so I don't know either because I'm really not interested in the topic or, or maybe I just, the way that you put it, I just haven't spent the time on that. Or then what you were saying, Montreza, I just never really thought about it that way. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I can easily say I don't know. And, and you know, it's something that is, I think is, is very important to teach uh-huh. our younger generation. If somebody... Yes telling you they know everything and they have an answer for mm-hmm. everything is mm-hmm. like 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 a big red sign jumps up in front of me i'm like mm-hmm. oh beware <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know what natalie i do appreciate you saying this but i do i have to say that i had to grow into mm-hmm. being comfortable with saying i didn't know something because i don't believe in terms of my earlier socialization the earlier rewards and punishment systems, you know, that are set up around us, I didn't necessarily feel comfortable saying I didn't know something. So when my probably go-to was probably to be silent or to maybe withdraw if I didn't know something. And I had to grow into the maturity and the knowing of what lies ahead when people do understand you don't know. I had to grow into that. And, and have you seen, Montressa, a, is there a particular example or a story or an outcome of you saying you don't know and it turned into something spectacular as a result? You, you know, I am probably, maybe we could talk about, I'm just thinking the first thing that comes to my mind is when I was in um, undergraduate at the, when I was in undergraduate studies at the University of Maryland. and. I was really focused when I came into school, but I am, I am a first-generation college student, college graduate. So the way that I learned about college was by reading, was by talking to my guidance counselors, was latching on to anybody I could find. And so there are a lot of things that I just didn't know. And I think about a, a situation. So I um, got accepted to the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And that is where I wanted to go. But because at 17 years old, I had no idea how to make that happen because I wasn't in a situation where my schooling was gonna be paid for by my family. And then I remember getting to the University of Maryland because that is what worked out for me and understanding there was this position called an RA. (laughs) And RAs got free, you know, room and board. Yeah. And I was like, if I just would have maybe said something to someone, I really do want to go to the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. 
but I don't have the money. Mm-hmm. I believe someone probably would have said, well, you know, there's this position called an RA. If you apply and get accepted for that, that would cut down on how much money you would need. Mm. Right? But I just didn't know. Yeah. So yeah. We, we, the, the book that you might want to do, the title of the book might be, I don't know made me, and then you fill in the blank. So yeah. what I was thinking is a title, I don't know, made me $250,000. Got a really cool book. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm sure I could come up with more, and I'm sure other people have beautiful stories they can tell around that. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting one. Well, yeah. it, it's amazing how 30 minutes goes by super fast. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> Natalie, let me, start, let me start with you, if you don't mind. Um, Thinking about this, given that you had at least one or two uh, moments surrounding vulnerability, is there something you'd like to do to summarize this conversation? What did you hear? How did it feel? What, what, uh, what, what would you like people to walk away with? Well, definitely. Um, I, want, I want to pick up, I think, three things. Number one is that apparently it takes a little bit of uh, redirection from our social conditioning to be mature enough to ask for help and be open to receive it, mm-hmm. um, which may be a vulnerability. It may just be maturity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think that um, the support system, you know, so asking for help and then accepting a support system so that you can find ways to help you re-identify your potential mm-hmm. and then go forward to it. I think the key point, however, as much as the vulnerability was an aha moment, the key point is the follow through. If somebody offers you help, I don't want to cuss, but for heaven's sake, take it. Mm. It's just take the help. Somebody will not offer you help if they don't mean it. And that I think has come up with Mali as well as with Scott as well. Take the help if somebody offers it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Really cool. And how do people reach out to you, Natalie, if they need to uh, connect? Well, it's very difficult because I go by my name. So on Facebook, <laughs> my website, Twitter, it's Natalie Forrest. Uh, you know, and, and of course, Mitchell and I, we are eager to respond to anything, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, email. Just mm-hmm. find me and uh, I'll be happy to respond. I'm offering that right now. So I'm happy to respond as soon as I can. Mm-hmm. As well said, we should, do, we should make sure we say that. Uh, Montressa, what do you, so what do you think? Is there a question that we should have asked that we didn't, or how would you like to summarize the show? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the questions that I would have loved um, to have been asked is, what do you think people should do, or how should they recover from, I, I, want, I don't want to use the word mistakes, but how do they get out of this space of beating themselves up because maybe they made a decision that wasn't the best or maybe they took a wrong turn and how do they get past that space and move forward? So Montressa, let's say somebody actually fumbles and they make a mistake Uh and they, Uh they fall down and, Uh and and you want them to really reach their potential. How do they get out of that Uh negativity from that space? 
Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But it still goes back to, I think, some of the things that Natalie was talking about in terms of the support systems. That's when you rally around your support systems and you just be vulnerable and say, you know what? I, I, I made this decision. I took this wrong turn. I know it's not the right thing, but can you all help me get back on track? You know, what do you think? Mm -hmm. of, you know, help me get back on track. And and I think what people will find is that the people who love them and support them, you know, all that energy and all that positivity that's, you know, directed to them will help you get back on track and dust yourself off and get back and try it again. Get back out and try it again. Oh, that is so beautiful. Yeah. How would people reach out to you if they want to they, they connect? Let's just talk about two ways. One is definitely by email and sending me an email at montressa at askmontressa.com and then finding me on LinkedIn. Perfect. Beautiful. All right. So I'd like to give you the opportunity, if you want, to give a 10 or 20 second, what should, if I wake up in the morning to you telling me to be positive and do their mm -hmm. thing, mm -hmm. I'm going to say, mm -hmm. tell me. I'm, I'm, I want to listen. All right. So I would probably say something like, you know, first of all, you know, good morning. Um, definitely, you know, give thanks for, you know, being able to see another day and just take a few minutes just to think about all the beautiful and wonderful, you know, things that lie ahead and all the beautiful and wonderful things that you have to be grateful for that happened as early as yesterday. And then I would say something like, you know, no matter what happens, keep in mind that you can always get a do-over, that you may think other people are perfect, but trust me, they're struggling with things just like you are, and know that you have everything you need in order to get what you want. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. So this... Let's see, how do we say this? This sort of conversation about potential and purpose mm -hmm. and passion and who you are is, is something, Natalie, when I saw you speak at the event, I think it was somewhere around last year, that I just thought, man, this is awesome. You are cool. And it's not the place that I have found myself playing in the past. And it's a place that I started finding myself gravitate to naturally when I thought about the TED talk I was going to do and, mm -hmm. and, and what does it mean to actually make that happen? And I, I bundled it in and it's so amazing to collaborate with you on where we're going and how people can reach a new level. And, and what's fascinating to me is just the feedback I'm getting from the people who are watching these, even if it's just the episodes they're seeing on Facebook, let alone on YouTube and the other things we do. And it's just powerful to see the aha messages and who we're connecting and how we're connecting and, and hoping to, and maybe what we're doing is we're hoping to help people beat away the years of negative programming yeah. and just to allow themselves to be, to come into their own, to be themselves and man, society would be so much better as a result of that. Mm. Ah, so for me, um, I'm absolutely loving this. We have one more show together, but I now, we're going to do a hug seat. We're, what we talked about ahead of time, just this is a preview, so keep, keep me on track for this, is every now and then uh, what we're going to do, we're going to find somebody and we're going to talk to them about their potential, but in a working session that we're recording. 
Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we're going to call it a hug seat. And I'm just, I, I'm just so excited about that potential. Um, I don't know. That would be amazing. So keep us on track on that. Um, look forward to seeing you in future episodes of Thought Leader Life. Feel free to connect to me. Just Google Mitchell Levy and connect to me on the social media platform that you like to use. And I'll do my best to get back to you quickly. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Snap, Instagram, Google+. I try to respond to all. Typically, uh, sometimes you miss every now and then. So if I miss you, it's not because <laughs> somebody tried to call me twice. And I don't always respond nowadays. I don't respond to the phone call as well. And I'm like, wait a second. Wait, there was a phone message, right? And so I, <laughs> I responded on email. Like, but, but I didn't send you an email. I left your voicemail. Well, you know, send so anyhow. Um, I try to respond the best we can. And, and I, I think I have to think about, and, and this aha message is very interesting, and that is we need to do more. Maybe it's we need to do more on how do we how do we give and how do we receive these type of gifts mm-hmm. and and putting a common set of practices around that I, I just i don't think people know how to do that I, I just i'd like to spend more energy on that maybe that's a whole book i don't know we'll see but that's interesting all right guys well another book <laughs> Tressa, you are awesome and Natalie, oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank oh, you. You're absolutely welcome. This was this is fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Look forward to seeing you on a future episode of Thought Leader Life. This is Mitchell Levy, the Aha Guy from Aha That. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thought Leader Life, where I'm joined by one of our thought leadership co-hosts to create compelling thought leadership that will propel their status in their industry. To learn more about Thought Leader Life, go to thoughtleaderlife.com. And to learn more about creating and sharing your aha moments, go to ahathat.com slash author, where you can also find a link to book a strategy call. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.